So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC, but we really replace that with college sports uh, nowadays. Um, This week, we give you the best of Kawhi and the load management issue in the league. The Clippers getting fined due to those same issues with Kawhi. The Raiders in, whether we should give John Gruden more credit, LeBron's 17th year and his great showing of not slowing down. Uh, And, of course, we're going to fit in some college with the big game, the Alabama versus USC. Sorry, uh, the Alabama versus LSU matchup. Now, before we start, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and say something for the moment. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners, and thank you for listening. And also, subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, uh, press that subscribe button. Uh, it'll be real easy to listen back when you have that free time. You can fit us in. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, we begin with Kawhi and the load management issue. Uh, well, it's made big news because they've been making official uh, reports to the NBA where Kawhi is actually taking out load management. They're actually putting this on the stat sheet on why he's out uh, for the game. Sorry, the game report on why he is out. Uh, well, this came out because in the, for the second week in a row, Kawhi has sit, sat out of a game, and this time a very big national televised game, which a lot of people were kind of waiting for this matchup. And it's really the matchup between Milwaukee Giannis versus Kawhi because we're not really looking at the Clippers. We're sorry, not the Clippers, but we're not really looking at the Raptors. We're looking at the Clippers and that would be Kawhi Leonard. Well, he sat out of this broadcast game and and following a week where he just sat out for low management. uh, This has built a timeline because uh, soon after the second time of him saying he would be out uh, for the game against Milwaukee, The NBA comes out with a statement saying that Kawhi is not a healthy player. He has a reoccurring injury that is his bicep tendonitis. Well, following now the game goes about the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Clippers with Kawhi out. But the biggest news was when Doc Rivers was being asked questions after the that game and asked about Kawhi's health. He says that Kawhi is fine, and the reason why is because they are using load management. Uh, That then brought the NBA fining the Clippers $50,000 for their Kawhi comments, saying that it's not consistent with their reports of Kawhi's health. So I then asked, do you feel that Kawhi is cheating the league, especially after missing the matchup uh, to, uh, sorry, missing the matchup loads of people were looking forward to against Milwaukee versus Clippers? Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, he's definitely cheating the league and the fans. He's just sitting out games that I would say he definitely should not be sitting out on. 
And th- these are primetime matchups that a lot of people play, pay a lot of big money to go see. And then the, the day of, he just takes his PTO time instead of being in the game. And from my knowledge, he said that he felt the best that he's been since, I guess, playing for the Spurs before that injury. So why is he taking so many days off early in the season? It's not like this guy has been playing at this high level for a very long time. This is only very recently where he's really come up on the map. I would say in the past three years. Before this, Kawhi Leonard was not thought of as this all-time great player. I mean, he was he was pretty good, um, played pretty well in that finals against the LeBron-led Heat, uh, where he got that NBA Finals MVP. But he shouldn't be taking this many days off. Either he's really hurt or he's just taking advantage of the system, and he this really needs to be put to a stop. And finding them is not going to be enough. He needs to be reprimanded in some type of way or the team somehow because this is getting ridiculous. Well, I, I definitely respect your response on this. Uh, I do think he should be playing these broadcast games. And and really, it's it's crazy how the NBA did find him, or not him directly, because Kawhi is actually not taking any penalty here. This is the team taking the penalty uh, against a billionaire. So, But that's a whole other discussion. Um, but... Uh, it's crazy that they find him only because he was not in a broadcast game uh, by the bylaws. If he was uh, chose to sit out a game that was not on a major network and a broadcast game, uh, a big matchup, they would not have fined him. It would actually be within their bylaws to not be fined. They simply only got fined due to uh, their underground bylaws about uh, the health of a player. Because a player has to play in broadcast games if they are not injured. And what uh, it's not consistent with what Doc Rivers said, where he said he is healthy and it's only because they've done load management. So that means in general he's healthy. Yeah, uh, they, really, they just got their stories mixed up. They really should have all talked it out before they came out and said that he wasn't going to play. But they, they really messed up. But come on, man, you're either hurt or you're not. We're, I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I'm, I'm tired of the, the back and forth, whether you're going to play or not. Nobody wants to deal with this. Just play. You, it, I mean, if you are hurt, then, then sit out. Don't, don't be going back and forth. Agreed. And to answer the question on whether he's cheating the league, though, I I don't know. I, I don't. I really don't know. No, he's cheating the league. World. I I don't know. Like I, I really can't say because it, it's it's halfway between being very smart and uh, using your leverage. I I, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I, I can't say that. This experiment is not built for success, especially, especially if they win a championship this year. He will that this low management thing will be indoctored in. Uh, it, I, I, I just actually it makes me go to the next question, which is, uh, will this low management blueprint continue to be more of a trend uh, the more that Kawhi gains success? Unfortunately, yeah, I think it will be more of a trend. Um Maybe not to this extent because he just takes off every other week. 
But I, I think players going forward from here will have more load management days and they, they're not going to play. It, it's going to be very rare that you see a player play all 82 games because they see now they can take advantage of this and get those rest days and play. I, I, I would say the, the bigger broadcasted games, um, which is a good thing, but I mean, it doesn't matter to Kawhi. He's just going to take off any game that he feels like. But, yeah, unfortunately, this will happen more. But I, I don't think it'll be to the extent that Kawhi Leonard is doing. True. Well, I, I don't know. Because I'm, like, I'm real iffy about this. Only because, and I'll be honest, because if LeBron adopts this, I might be on board. I really don't <laughs> want him to do it. I really, yeah. really don't. I don't. like Not at all. But... It might be the smartest strategy. That's what makes me uh, so hesitant on this one to be on both sides, because if I, I want to see players play and play against the best talent and play anytime they're available. That's just the world we've lived with sports before. And then we have the Me Too, the, the player empowerment uh, era now, who is not dumb to saying that they're going to do whatever the franchise wants. So I'm tied between both worlds right now to see, even in the case of if LeBron is, a, if that would be a smart strategy for LeBron. In a way, it's smart, but I mean, you're just taking advantage of the rule. And you are paid to play, so you need to get your but, behind out there and play. Don't sit on the bench whenever but, there's big games to be played. But aren't you a Patriots fan? Well, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> no, that's I think that they have nothing that to do with this. They have that doctrine, <laughs> but it ain't. It, it's I wouldn't say all of y'all's success in like as a Patriots just to go off to another uh, sport. They're not all cheating at all times, but trust me, they look between the rules. So that's what I'm saying. Why are you possibly against people look going to, uh, like finessing the rules? Because actually, James Harden been doing it for a couple of years, but he been doing a different a different way. He doesn't. At least he's on the court. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I completely agree. But I, it's like maybe like. I'm also thinking maybe we're not progressive enough mentally because all the players right now are sticking up for themselves like, you know, what? I ain't taking off. I ain't like this weak um, boy, dude over here. Go, we're going to take off whenever he can just so he can uh, be even more fresh than us uh, to try to beat down us. I can do it even with all the games. And that might not be the smartest strategy for your superstar player, especially an aged superstar player. So that's why I'm so I'm not sure on the subject of low management completely. I kind I don't want Kawhi doing it, but I'm also not a hater against Kawhi. It's only because you want to you don't want this to fall back on LeBron. You don't want to be against him. That that's the only reason. Well, I'm not like if I wanted to, I could be all against Kawhi, but I was just celebrating Kawhi uh, beating uh, Golden State. So I can't fully be against Kawhi. I really like I don't I really don't hate against Kawhi, but I'm I'm still slightly rooting for him to never surpass LeBron. Well, I, I don't hate against Kawhi. I just want him to be on the court and play. I'm, I'm sick of this. Get on the court and play. Stop being lazy. Agreed. 
Uh, agree. So uh, since we did bring up LeBron, he has had some overwhelming success in his year 17 in the NBA. As LeBron's stats continues to improve despite doubters, are you under the belief that uh, this is the last of his prime? Or do you feel that LeBron has more iconic moments left in him this season? I do think LeBron has more iconic um, games going forward in the future, but it probably won't happen as consistently. I know we see that he's playing very well going into this season so far, but I'm, I'm thinking that he's going to have to limit himself, you know, load manage, but not actually take the games off. Like he's not just going to sit on the bench and not play like Kawhi Leonard. He's just going to step back and let Anthony Davis do more rather than putting in that full force mm-hmm. of what he usually does. Um, so I, I see, I definitely see LeBron um, having some really big games, really big game performances coming up in the future. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think he has plenty of, plenty of more iconic moments. He has had a triple double in four out of the last five games. They are now uh, number, I think at minimum two and the league in uh, defensive efficiency. I, I might, they might even be one. I'm not fully sure on this, but I think they really might be number one. But they also are, have the number one record. They have a tied number one record in the league right now. So I, I think he has plenty of iconic moments. His only problem right now is figuring, figuring out what tools he wants to use. He doesn't fully know whether he wants to keep trying to facilitating to the other players to try to get them off and get them in good practice and good flow and we can find different chemistries or whether he wants to go off and be the dominant player he is. I would say the best thing for him to do is to feed everybody else, set them up. There's no need for you to expend all this energy during the regular season. Save that for the playoffs whenever you can go on a tear. Agreed. And he's actually averaging at uh, at least two more rebounds than he averaged any other year. And he's also averaging uh, two more assists than he has averaged any other year. And but he's I think maybe one point to one point three points lower than he has averaged for scoring. That's it. That's the difference in his game right now. Yeah, he's playing pretty well, um, but I I still think he should just feed everything to everybody else, set everybody else up, and then get your flow later on. Like, he, he can turn it on whenever he wants. Just set everybody else up. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So uh, with there being more and more high-scoring games this year, is there an is the era of defense in the NBA over or has it or has this just become the way of the newer players in the league? I would say the era of defense is almost basically over. Even the best defensive players in the NBA, they take off plays. I mean, there's (laughs) the defense does not exist to the full extent anymore. I mean, there's a lot more possessions, a lot more, people taking three-pointers, long-distance shots. So there's the long rebounds, and not, nobody's really playing the type of defense that they used to. So everything's very fast-paced, and everybody's trying to get up and down the court. I, I don't think the defense is going to get any better. Yeah, I, I don't actually uh, fully agree. I do think this is the way of the new players. 
But I also don't think the era of defense is over because the real good teams have defense. It, it, that it's just going to defense does win championships to an, to a degree, especially when it comes to NBA uh, offense more than often is going to be recognized because that's what gets you the wins in the end. But defense also gets it also. Uh, LeBron showed that against Golden State, uh, against Iguodala when he went up for that layup, if we know that iconic moment. Um, but when it, if you look at the top teams, their defense is actually pretty well. Uh, it's very good at this time. So I think it will exist in the championship teams, maybe the rare top four in both the East and the West divisions. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's long forgotten. It's all about offense. Yeah, it's definitely all about offense. And just to look at some of the teams with the best defensive games, I mean, the, the Lakers are at the top of that, but they're giving up 100 points a game, which is a lot. So it's not, it's not like these, these teams are being held to under like 90-something points. So I, I think just defense as a whole has just gone down. I, I think you're – I think y'all are looking – because I've heard this also with someone else. I don't think 100 points is that that much in the NBA when it comes to uh, defense. Like, I think uh, over high-scoring game is a game that goes over 114 points. And I do think that's a big difference between those 14 and that 100 points. It's the NBA. The college goes up to at least 80, 80 something points on most, uh, most averages on good schools. But you're proving my point to me. Just comparing it to what it used to be, high scoring game wasn't 114 points before. I mean, that wasn't the minimum. Look at it now. It's just, it's much more. Teams are giving up more points. I I definitely agree because uh, just the other day, um, which teams was that again? It was a, it was the uh, Washington Wizards versus I'm thinking the Rockets, but I can't fully remember who went off in that game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Was it the Rockets? It, yeah, they almost scored 160 points. Yeah, for both teams each, each. <laughs> and we're not talking about together. We're talking about each, and it yeah, was each. over 300 points collectively and and it did not i repeat did not go into overtime <laughs> yeah it was like an all-star game with only three all-stars on the court yeah i agreed and they were just going off uh there was no defense i do think that is a part of the new era of the nba um but uh, we are going to move along here so uh next subject is gordon hayward who's kind of had a rough comeback from his injury just two years ago, breaking his leg when he just got to the Boston Celtics. Uh, he's actually produced very well for the Celtics this year and actually made worth their faith in him to recover. But unexpectedly, he is injured again, but it is a broken hand. Not to any fault of his, but it will have him out for six to eight weeks. So do you think that Gordon Hayward will ever live up to the expectation of the Celtics fans? No. Um, really, I don't even know where all his hype came from. I mean, he was a pretty good player, but he wasn't anything special. And he's really proven that since he's been on the Celtics. He is uh, an above-average player, um, uh, slightly all-star at times, but 
not much. Uh, he he plays pretty well as far as um, offense, but he's not really a game changer. He's only a little above average as an all star. He's he's not really that good of a player. I, I would say that he's not a uh, a player that really changes the franchise. Like he's not a player that you really build around. He's a player that you add on to an already great team. I would say that Kimball Walker is probably even better than him right now. And that I don't think that they they will um, decline that much without him, but he will be missed. I, I completely agree. I think they actually, out of all teams in the East, should uh, look to try to get Kevin Love to fill that slot. Um, but um, I, I know I'm getting a little off subject with that uh, comment about it, but I think Gordon Hayward, it, it depends. It depends on how far the team takes him. I could see him hitting a critical shot uh, at some point and them still sticking in there with him because his coach, what's the coach for the Celtics again? What's his name? I forgot his name. Because <laughs> he was just up for like coach of the year just two years ago and everybody thinking he was a genius. And then Kyrie got came into town and everybody felt he was horrible. Um, and I don't think that's, uh, Kawhi's fault either. Sorry, not Kawhi, Brad but, uh, Kyrie. And Brad Stevens there. Okay, there you go. Now, Brad Stevens used to coach going to Hayward, so they're going to keep faith. I think they're going to stick in there for the long haul, even if he never reaches that point. They stuck in here for two more years where he's actually sucked most of all last year, and he was just getting back on uh, in the groove of things in his first year. So it's been about two years since he's been healthy. And even before that, he wasn't even on their team. He got hurt the first couple seconds of him playing on the Celtics. Um, so he hasn't really seen a lot of play on the court. I don't think he will live up to their expectations or at least their, uh, what they're paying him. But I don't think they're going to end things in a bad way. I don't think the Celtics uh, fans would actually dislike him even if he wasn't on their team anymore. No, um, they were, they might take it as a victory, uh, get them off the books so they can get somebody else on. Because as far as what he compares to other All-Stars, he's near the bottom. Oh, I completely agree. Completely agree uh, with that. Um, so we move on to the Knicks, uh, which has now prepared to uh, fire their coach out of nowhere. Um just quickly covering the Knicks because nobody really cares as much, but it, it is a significant coach uh, in that position who had high expectations for the talent they would bring to New York, the Knicks specifically, as Kevin Durant and Kyrie went to the Nets instead in Brooklyn. Um, do you think it's fair or foul that they would publicly try to fire their coach all before firing him? I think that is foul because this season is pretty young. I, I know the Knicks, they think they are in their glory days or they still think they have that same type of caliber of what they were in their glory days, but nobody cares about the Knicks. The Knicks have been trash for a very long time. And they want to fire their coach because they think he's not producing enough. But nobody expected them to be good. This 
is just the same of the same thing that has been happening for years. They need the talent because the NBA is run by stars. And if you don't have any stars, then you're not going to get anywhere. And this team is just filled with, I, I mean, a few above average players and then a, a rookie and n- nobody else. So you can't really expect this team to go anywhere. And I think they should give this man some more time rather than trying to fire him early in the season. And especially trying to do it publicly, that's just foul. Yeah, I I can agree. Uh, publicly trying to fire him uh, due to their lack of success, which they are, uh, I'm pretty sure, 2-9 and nine right now or 2-7. and seven. It's one of the two. Uh, but either way, they, they're having a failing season right now. So I guess it's fair if he's not producing. But they should not. It's fair, foul because they're not allowing any type of time for development. Uh, I think they hired him thinking that he can attract the players. And when that didn't work out, and also when they don't see in the first 10 games that they are winning or they could be winning, even though they're a developing team, they are pressing the hatch on this one. They're, they're saying, we're, we're getting off this train early. I don't know why. He may, might be eyeing another coach. That's the only reason why I could see them doing it so publicly so that uh, there's a less of a shock value uh, when it just happens, when you just get that pop-up on your phone that they just fired their head coach, and you're like, what else is the Knicks doing? Maybe that's what they're doing. But that's the only reason why I could think they are doing it so publicly bef- with him still being their coach. I think it's just poor management. Um, the Knicks have been run very poorly for a long time, and that's what that's rolled over to how they perform as a team. And this is not going to be any better if they fire their coach. They're only going to be an even worse team because they can't get any continuity with having coach after coach after coach. Yeah. Uh, agreed when you have a great young talent uh, on your team who you drafted number one with what's his name again? I forgot. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. You you go to the Knicks and you just get going to the abyss. You get forgotten. Uh, I remember Zion Williamson, but uh, what was his teammate's name? R.J. Barrett. There we go. Oh, okay. Dang it. Wow. Wow, I didn't I pay attention to, to him anyway, so that's why. Yeah, I had I to go that route. To, I had to go that route to remember his name. That's crazy when you go to the Knicks and how everything disappears, um, success-wise. But it, I, the shortest and best answer is they need a new owner, and that's what's not attracting the talent they need, uh, nor having the right energy uh, about the Knicks. They think they're in the past where people really are Knicks fans. When it's just simply just the play, people they are su- surrounded around in New York that they're getting this faithfulness from, which is misled. Yeah, highly misled. Um, the Knicks fans just go in a corner and uh, don't come out until the Knicks get a star. Oh, well, it's supposed to be RJ Barrett, but that's here no there. Um, so we're going to move on to college football. The big game, the big, big game that everybody's been waiting for uh, with LSU versus Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Well, if you watch this game, it kind of got out of hand uh, for Alabama, where 
LSU could simply just move the ball at almost will. Um, and it resulted in LSU winning against Alabama with the score being very, very, very high. Um, even for a college game, 46 to 41. Uh, so since there's so big, such big implications in this game for who will be in the college playoffs as LSU uh, came into this match number two in the nation and Alabama came into uh, this match third in the nation behind Ohio State, who was number one. Do you now consider LSU the number one team in the nation? I would have to say, yes, they have to be the number one team in the nation, mainly because they beat an Alabama team that has been thought of as the best team in the nation. So the LSU definitely gained a lot of points from winning this game, but I don't think they're out of the uh, the toughest part of their schedule yet because they do have to play in the SEC championship game. So they do have to play a, a pretty a pretty big team, which will probably be Georgia, I'm thinking. And if Georgia beats them, then LSU will probably be out of the top four. And this is actually a pretty good thing for Alabama because Alabama, they only slide down to number four. And they have – they still have Auburn on their schedule. They, they could beat them, but they don't have to play in the SEC championship game. So they can bypass that. So that I mean that's very good for them. So really, it's a it's a win loss for LSU because they they still have to play a very hard game with a top ten opponent. Yeah, uh, a loss win. Uh, if you're I'm just putting it in a row because they lost and they ended up winning in the end. Because uh, yeah, you're completely right. You're completely right. They won by losing in this situation. LSU, I do consider them number one, but it is actually debatable because Ohio State is out here beating down teams. Uh, their matchup against a very inferior opponent, they won 73 to 14. And that, it was ridiculous uh, what type of scores they've, tried, they've put up, but they're not really playing great competition as what uh, the committee is saying which ended up with LSU replacing them at number one in the polls after uh, all the games on Saturday. And like you said, Alabama did drop to four. This is the best outcome for Alabama. I think, well, it actually, let me ask the question. Do you think the NCAA always had a plan to keep Alabama in the playoff, the, sorry, the college playoff? Yes, um, there's always been an Alabama bias, even after they got blown out by Clemson in the national championship game last year. Alabama was favored to win the national championship the next year, even though they had just gotten beat down in the game that same night. They put Alabama as the number one favorite going into next year. So there's always been a bias for Alabama. They always get the benefit of the doubt, even if they are not having the best season or if they don't have the best talent. They always get the benefit of the doubt. And I think no matter what, Alabama is going to be in the college football playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, 
I'm not sure whether they, if they take another loss, they are there. But they're already lined up to not take another loss. Uh, they got beat against their best competition, and somehow the score still came close. Even though, if anybody watched the game, it felt like LSU beat them down. Even though somehow Alabama still had a chance in the end. I don't know how that happened all at once, but it did. It it just did. And so LSU was clearly better than Alabama. They could not stop them offensively. It would look the same on Alabama's side, but I don't even know how Alabama scored so many points. I guess it was the other talent out there because Tua was – he was hurt. He he was really, really hurt uh, out there uh, from what I could see. Um so I don't know whether you want to respond on that, but I do have a question right after this. Well, I wanted to say that Tua was very hurt. He was even limping after the game. I think he wanted to limp during the game, but it wasn't until the game hit 0-0 that he just went ahead and showed that he was limping. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to play the next game. Uh, okay, because that actually kind of goes along with my next question. Uh, do you think since Tua – because I cannot pronounce his last name, uh, I'm not even going to try. Uh, but Tua, since Tua is more than likely a top five pick in the NFL, no matter what he does after this point, um, other than, uh, barring a catastrophic injury, do you think it's worth it for him to continue to play any part of the this last season as a college player? You know, I'm I'm really torn on that because I, I feel like some teams will have the, the injury-prone tag on him because he's been injured the last two seasons. There's always been some type of nagging injury that knocked him out of the game where he can't play. Um, so it would probably be a good thing if he plays throughout the rest of the season so he can raise his stock because I, I I'm really torn. On the other side, I'm thinking that he should load manage like Kawhi Leonard and just sit out. Just just don't play. Or more specifically, more like uh, Jadavion Clowney, because he missed a lot of his games whenever he was at South Carolina for his final season. So I, I'm really torn. It's, it's hard to say. I, I say play to raise your stock for the NFL draft, even though it's pretty high. Um, some teams might look away because they might think you're injury prone, but also say, you know, you need to sit out, save your body. You need to be able to play in the NFL at a high level without any nagging injuries going into the NFL. So I'm really torn. I I agree. Cause that, that's one reason why I proposed the question. I, I, it's hard. It's really, really hard to say here uh, because he, it's one year away from college players to being able to gain money off their likeness. It, it's crazy what's going on in the, the world of uh, of college sports right now because there's something going on with Penny, Penny Hardaway in a college that he is now uh, the head coach of and a, a player that he also coached in high school. He just moved to the college range. Um, and pretty much he paid for... Uh, the family to move and there the NCAA said the player is now ineligible to play 
as the team still played the uh, the player. I wish I had the names on me in the school exact, but if you look up Penny Hardaway, you'll get all the exact uh, information on this. Um, but he played in the upcoming game, uh, the first game of the season, uh, ignoring what the NCAA said. Um, I'm just to tie this back together. That's, the effect of it now being legal after a certain point uh, after this year for players to earn off their likeness. So the money game is going to get messy anyway when it comes to the NCAA. But to answer the question, I think Tua shouldn't play. I'm just saying, (laughs) keep it simple. He shouldn't play. I was hard there, but simply he shouldn't play. And why shouldn't he play? He shouldn't play because of my actual next question that I'm going to ask you first. Do you think if Tua didn't play, uh, would Alabama fans hate him or still embrace him as a great collegiate player for them? Um, wow, that's that's really hard. I think they would turn on him because they, they think that he is really the only thing that's keeping them in that playoff race. And if he just steps out and doesn't play, they're going to be mad at him because out of all fans, I I think college football fans are probably the most loyal because they, they get out there and, you know, every Saturday they're out there on the grill tailgating and all that stuff. Yeah, they went to that school, or they yeah. like, like that school since they their father liked that school, or yeah, many different reasons. Keep going. Yeah, so they they will completely turn on him. They don't care about his NFL stock. They want you to win a championship, another one for Alabama. Keep the the tide rolling. They don't want to hear nothing about your future in the NFL. That's 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 your thing. That's you're being selfish. You need to play for us. Play for free. Get out there and hurt yourself <laughs> and play. Yeah, how contradictory, uh, isn't that? Uh, be you, they're being selfish when the fans are actually being selfish. It's a crazy world of sports we do live in. Um, so I, I'm gonna go ahead and answer. Uh, the reason why I say he should play is simply only because I think Alabama fans are itching, itching to turn on to it. I really do. Uh, they've been itching to turn on him since uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I'm just saying uh, what everybody's been thinking. They they would have really not cared if Tua wasn't the starter anymore and they chose Hurts. I just think he's more of a fan favorite. And, oh, wait. Who's the fan favorite? Are you saying? J- Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess he is. I. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of biased because um, he's not really a favorite of mine because I just think he's a running back playing quarterback. Um, but there's probably a future for him in the NFL in some way. But, yeah, I, I guess Jalen Hurts is the, the fan favorite. But when you think about it, he didn't win them a championship. He almost lost them a championship. Tua went in and saved them to win that championship. So I, 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 I really don't know about that. But how do everyone remember it when they're looking at Tua? They they look at it as uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, yeah, Urban Meyer. No, not Urban Meyer. Sorry. What's the coach uh, for Alabama? Again? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Sorry about that. I was thinking of another iconic coach. Uh, but Nick Saban, Saban uh, 
replaced Tua before. They even say it now with Jalen Hurts not even at the school. And so it's kind of looked back at out as, hey, he needed help to win a championship. So I so that's one one reason why I think he's more of a fan favorite. And I just think overall the females who uh, saw the difference in him, uh, it's kind of like Tua kind of gives you that Russell Wilson uh, in his early years without Sierra type of feel. You know what I mean? And uh, you, you just, just do you know what I mean? Uh, no, but not not exactly. I'm I'm not sure what you mean. Russ, Russell Wilson was very very uh, not to get me very racial at all, but he was really white bread when it came down to the schools he was at, the way he came off and things like that. He didn't really kind of come off as having some type of swag uh, or if you want to call it that, like any type of uh, present like presence like that. Uh, cool presence until he got with Sierra, till he went to the White House with Sierra. Um, that's that's just how it is, because uh, that all came from them going to the White House uh, together as a fake date. Not a, really a fake date, but more like Russell Wilson uh, just asked her and she said yes. And somehow they actually did want to go to on a date together. And Sierra, see, just to give you a brief story, uh, Sierra also uh, out of nowhere, was like, ooh, this guy's kind of really goody-goody. I'm used to the bad guy, a.k.a. Future, um, the rapper, and his her baby mother, well, baby father. And in the end, she was like, you know what, I need to be going more towards the gooder guys, which Russell Wilson was that guy. So he got more cool points, is what you're saying. No, he got more grown-up points. <laughs> well, I'm... I think he, he got yeah, more he got those points, but he still he has that, per, that same points. persona. That's not those aren't bad things. No, no, he <laughs> does have that persona, but he has more swag to it. He has more cool factor to it. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Did you have you ever seen a picture of him with his uh, ex-wife? She does not. She's not cute. I'm sorry, but we're way well, off subject. But she's not cute. I don't think that was ever his wife. I, I think it was just a girlfriend, and then you know he he threw it out to the side. Uh, I think they might have been engaged. Actually, that's what it was. They were engaged. But yeah, that's here and over there. Uh, we're going way, way off subject. I don't even remember uh, where we were at on this. I thought we were talking about Tua. Yeah, you were talking about Tua and uh, with the fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, what him. he comes off as. Yeah, sorry. Dang, we are way off track on that one. Uh, but just to say that Jalen Hurst is more of a fan favorite and that, yes, I think that the uh, Alabama fans would really quickly turn on to it if he did not play in the other games. Now, the coaches and the, the uh, training staff can kind of let him off by saying he's just hurt and they can do him a favor. But I also don't think – I think they were trying to put it out there that he can possibly be out there and possibly turn the fans against him. Well, really, I, I think – if he doesn't play in the big games, like if he plays some team that's not really good, they won't care that much. They'll put the backup in because there's no need to put him out there to get hurt. You know how I know it's true, though? You know how I know it's true? Because he should have never played in that game on Saturday. We all saw how he was limping from pretty much after the first quarter. And he was probably doped up and in every way he's taped up on, for the first quarter, so he couldn't really feel anything. Yeah, and... Who plays two weeks after having surgery? 
Exactly. That's so that's that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, that alone, that pressure, and that wasn't even a full. It was the pressure of the media. Oh, is Tua gonna play? Oh, is uh he's gonna be a game time decision? I bet you Nick Saban would use every part of his power, whether that be crowd power or uh, media power, to get his player to do whatever he wants. Because in a in, in a way, college players are slaves to the uh, coaches. Yeah, yeah, in a way. That, you, know, you do whatever you, he says. You go, away, you go where he wants to. You do what he wants you. You lift what he wants you. Consume what he tells you to. And he controls you 24-7, absolutely 24-7, for uh, whatever amount of years you're there. Yeah, um, but I, I think he only plays in the big games. And if he doesn't play, then the fans will turn on him, especially if they if he doesn't play in the Auburn game. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it isn't fair, um, but uh, we're, we'll move on. Um, we're moving into the NFL, and week, I think this is 11. I'm not exactly sure, but week I think 10. it's the week 11. 10, 10, okay. I was, uh, I was close, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, we have some really big upsets, um, and I hope none of you all are betting type of people because it was not predictable to – any standard. Uh, some of the biggest losses out there were the Cowboys, the Saints, and uh, there was another team that was a the big Chiefs. loss. The Chiefs. Yeah, sorry. That was a big one also with them going down to the Tennessee Titans. Um, so uh, not in many different uh, in in whatever way you want to rank this, which team has more to worry about? versus the other threes uh, who had these big losses on Sunday. Wow. It's, that's actually very hard. That's a very hard question because the Cowboys, they really put themselves in a bad situation. I mean, they did play the best team considering all the other teams who lost on Sunday. Um, they, I, w- I would say theirs is the least surprising because the Vikings are a good team but they put themselves in a bad situation because now the Eagles are tied with them. And if the Eagles went out, I mean, they win that division and the Cowboys have a very hard schedule coming up. So they're really going to have to steal some of these games, but also the chiefs taking that loss to the Titans. That's just, that just can't happen. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he played great. He played really good. Um, he didn't start off too great, but he, he played really good. But you, you can't waste a performance like that. You, you just don't know how many times he's going to be able to come through like that. But the, I, I would have to say it was poor management at the end of the game that lost the Chiefs that game because they made the Titans go forward and fourth down and not convert in the Titans' own territory. So the Chiefs had the ball for four downs to get a first down or field goal, and they didn't get any of that. And the Titans went down and scored. So that that's a huge loss for the Chiefs, and it just continues the story of their bad defense, the defense not being able to stop anybody. And that's not going to spell well for the rest of the season. And on to the Saints, losing to the Falcons, that's just inexcusable. That's just terrible. Um, I, I don't think it's really going to hurt them when it comes to P- 
people saying them being exposed, but it's going to hurt them in home field advantage, which is very important. And it's very hard to see the Saints winning on the road in the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, what's your, uh, from top, bottom three, which ones have to worry to the least have to worry? Uh, I, I would say, man. Okay, I, I'll say the Chiefs have to worry the most because that defense just keeps letting them down. That's just ridiculous. That they they have to worry the most because the AFC has a lot of good quarterbacks that can expose that defense, and I would say make a big play to stop the Chiefs' offense just enough so they come out on top. And then second would be the Cowboys on that one. They have to worry the, the next most because they still have to go against the Eagles one more time, and the Eagles have an easier schedule going forward from here, and the Cowboys have a harder schedule going on forward from here. So I, I would say they have to really worry about that, but as long as they take care of business in their own division, they should be okay, but, I mean, nothing's ever a lock for the Cowboys. And then the Saints, I say they have to worry the least when it comes to right now. But their their home field advantage is really looking uh worse because yeah. they they shouldn't they shouldn't have lost that game. The Falcons are one and seven. Yeah. So my list is a little bit different and a little bit for just a little bit different reasons. I'll go ahead and give you who I think has to worry uh, from top to bottom, and then I'll tell you why. I think the Cowboys, hands down, needs to be number one on that list. Uh, next is the Chiefs, and then it's the Saints. Now, I'm going to start from the bottom, and we're going to go with the Saints first. The reason why the Saints don't have to really worry is because the Falcons were about due a day in the sun. They have been uh, leaders in offensive uh, yards this year, and they just have not been producing wins. I'm pretty sure they were just one and seven. So they were about but, due a day. What? Go ahead. But their defense showed up, and their defense yeah. has been terrible. I agree. They, they, they were about due a day. They were about due one day in the sun. It, it was just about due. This is the way the NFL works. It's, it's actually more likely that they would have more days in the sun uh, than this one day. So I, that's one reason why I think the Saints don't have to worry, especially with the Falcons are being zero threats to win in the division that the Saints are in also. So I, I just think they were just about to do a loss and the Falcons were about to do a win. Uh, that's one reason why I think they don't have much to worry about. It's nothing to actually do with their actual team, like whether they have deficiencies in their team, talking about the Saints, because their, their offense didn't get complete. Sorry, their defense didn't com- completely get beat down. And one of the best things you have faith in with the Saints is their offense. So them coming up only with nine points and only three field goals in that game, it's not that big of a worry. It's just it was the Falcons' day. That's why I say with the Saints. Now, uh, going up to the Chiefs, I think they need to worry only because of the full AFC pitcher. The more games they lose, the more likely they're not. Uh, built to beat one of these top teams, which is uh, in the AFC, which is going to be either the Baltimore Ravens or the Patriots. I think that's the top of the division. Uh, sorry, yeah, the top of the AFC in total division. Uh, and then the Chiefs fit in, 
fit in at number three. The more games they lose, the less likely they can win in the playoffs because they're not going to have any type of home field advantage. Uh, that's why I think they need to worry. And yes, their defense does have a whole lot to kind of work with. But Patrick Mahomes, of course, pulls off magic. So that, you know, we all know that's what the team is built on. Um, but the reason why I think the Cowboys have to worry the most is because they're five and four. And, and actually, and so, sorry, I'm actually not leading with the right thing. Their biggest worry is because they don't have a coach. Their coach is making incorrect decisions out here. It is, it's already lined up for this man to be out the door at this point. Jerry Jones might like Jason Garrett, but at this point, he has to cut, cut ties with him. Any team out there in the NFC that is competitive against the Cowboys right now will win uh, right now. Any highly competitive team in the NFC, NFC will beat the Cowboys right now. And that's just a big worry, and that's due to the coaching. It's not due to the talent. Well, I, I really think that 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 definitely plays a part in it when it comes to the Cowboys. But the Cowboys are making the playoffs, and they're not going to fire the coach. I, I'm they're just not going to do it. I'm just I tell I'm telling you that they're not going to fire the coach because they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to lose. But they are not going to fire Jason Garrett. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't have anything I to back you. that up, but I'm just saying. Jerry Jones likes Jason Garrett. He can control him. He can tell him to do whatever he wants. And he likes having that power. Okay. I think he is also thinking about how much time he has left on this earth, to be very real, and the window of championship closing when he actually has a viable team out here that he can get to do it with. Uh, it just doesn't come around that often. He's reveling in the 90s when they got those three Super Bowls. Um, but we move on to the MVP race. There has been some really great standout players uh, assembling to be the top players or considered as the top players in their of the league of the NFL. Um, we are going to go with people who actually won this previous week. Uh, the Packers returning to grace by winning against the Panthers 24 to eight to 16 McCaffrey being on the Panthers and you can, we can debate him being in the top uh, for MVP race if you want to, but we are going with the winners like the Ravens versus the Bengals where they beat them down Ravens 49 to 13. Um, we have the matchup between the Seahawks and the 49ers where of course, Russell Wilson is now also uh, kind of leading in many people's minds to be the best in the league. So out of those three teams and out of those three players, who do you think impresses you the most uh, when it came to these past games? I would say it's still Russell Wilson when it comes to the MVP he's leading. But Lamar Jackson is definitely closing in on him. He is playing amazingly. Like it's it's very hard to tackle him. Like they I don't know what it is. I don't know if he did something different this year or where he's faster or maybe or or maybe he's getting smarter about how he plays, but it's very hard to tackle him. It's I, I <laughs> I'm almost really speechless. But um Russell Wilson he's played the most consistently he doesn't have all of the 
weapons that um, most other teams have. And his defense, I would say, isn't really that great. They are a defense that really bends a lot, and I mean, they, they break also, but they can make plays whenever they need to at times. Um, but Russell Wilson, he, he does not have the requisite weapons like everybody else. Um, and I would say the same thing for uh, Lamar Jackson, but his, his running game is just ridiculous, and he's a huge part of the reason why it works so well. Just of just because of how shifty he is, and it's like he's just so slippery. He's he's ridiculous. But um, I would still have Russell Wilson as my top pick because he plays the most consistently. I would I would say he has not had a bad game this season, and he he's still the number one for me. Well, I think this is the race between old school and new school between the good a good old boy who's kind of become a good old boy with Russell Wilson against the college phenom, which is Lamar Jackson. Uh, So I think it's a race between them two. Uh, I know I said Aaron Rodgers, uh, but I think he's just a little bit of middle of the pack. Like I said, he he just doesn't carry the attitude of he cares enough to win an MVP. Uh, I don't think he – What does it have to do with his play? I don't know. I'm not sure what it is, but it does not display MVP of this league right now. I think you're just hating. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, honestly, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but but I just don't see him being in a, a real conversation for MVP. It is between Lamar Jackson, maybe still Patrick Mahomes, if he rolls off some really good wins and really good uh, iconic moments. And then there's Russell Wilson. I think it's Lamar Jackson. Hand that hands down because even though I'm a Russell Wilson type of person, he is doing a lot with little. But when it comes to Lamar Jackson, he is a top five rusher in the league. That is count, accounting running backs in this league right now. He he has more yards, as much yards as a lot of these runners. His prime receivers are tight ends. He's uh, efficient in the passing game just as much as he is in the uh, running game. He is who he is shown to be. He is the same person we saw those two years in Baylor that he was showing he was a a Heisman Trophy winner and runner-up in both years. Yeah, he he definitely is playing that same type of way. And it was actually Louisville that he played at. Sorry, Louisville. Why did I say say Baylor? Oh, I'm thinking of uh, RG3. RG3, yeah, I don't know why. We always attach any running quarterback to RG3 due to his injury, but uh, Lamar Jackson's a little bit bigger, and he has a whole lot of Vic in him, if not supercharged Vic. What, you said a little bit bigger? I think they were on the same size. No, 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 no. Lamar Jackson's a little bit bigger. Lamar Jackson, he he doesn't even look that big. You'll see. Yeah, He's 6'2", 212. He's not that big. RG3 how, is how, about the same height. But how much weight? About the same weight. I mean, let, let, let me let me look it up real quick. Cause Let's look. Lamar Jackson <laughs> doesn't really look that big. So RG3 was 6'2", 213. So, yeah, they, wow, same not, size. Yeah. So, um, wow. Lamar Jackson doesn't look that big. I don't know. I just felt like it was more uh more weight on him than that. I don't know. He he doesn't take crazy hits like RG three, so I guess that may be the important thing. Um, 
But uh, we're moving to the last part right before the questions, which is about two impressive and non-impressive teams, depending on your different uh, your expectations for these teams. I'm talking about the Browns and I'm talking about the Raiders. Now, Browns have had high expectations for this season uh, that they would win the division and also be in the playoffs possibly Super Bowl in some people's minds. Uh, they have only produced three wins, and they did win this past week against the Buffalo Bills, who were um, somewhat good. We're not fully sure or sold on the Buffalo Bills. And then to give you another team, the Raiders, who won on Thursday versus the Chargers, a great matchup. They resulted in a 26-24 win. Um, so out of these two teams... Who has shown you more about their play on Sunday? I would say that the Raiders have shown me more. They have really rounded in the form and kind of made a, a playoffs push right now. Really, if they take care of business and get on a roll, they can actually win their division. Because the Chiefs, they don't look like the unstoppable force that everybody thought they would be because their defense is basically trash and they can't depend on Patrick Mahomes to save them from everything. But um, the, the Raiders, they look pretty good and they do have to play the Chiefs one more time. And if they beat them, that's, that's really going to make it tough. But um, the, the Browns, they, they may have beaten the Bills, but they're still not, a very good team as far as being coached because I, I think that's a huge problem right there and also the play of the quarterback but um the the Browns should just pack it in just go ahead and get ready for the off season and try to do better next year because this this season is over so I agree with the last part of what you said uh but I would say the Browns showed me more. They didn't show me that they will win the division. They didn't show me that they will actually take advantage of this easy schedule. It just shows me that they should shop Odell Beckham. He has not had a touchdown since week two. He has five receptions in this past game. They might have won, but they're not using their weapons correctly at all. They're just, uh, I, I, I would say, trying not to lose uh, with the tools they have in front of them. Uh, so I say that the Cleveland Browns are showing me more. The Raiders, they they gave me a little hope for them, but this is only five and four. They can easily lose five straight games, and now you're looking at nine and five. So uh, I don't say let's, we shouldn't jump on the bag wagon just yet. No, not at all. But I, I would disagree with trading Odell. Um, why trade him when you got all this talent on your team? Very young talent. You have a young core. I just say pack it in this year and run it back next year. You just need to collect yourselves, put down some of those expectations, and just focus on the process. Don't go out here claiming that you're going to win this many games and win the Super Bowl or whatever. Just focus on the process and go from there. So do you think Baker Mayfield is still the right quarterback for this team? 
Yeah, I think he is the right quarterback. I think they just need the right direction, and that starts with the coaching. Um, I, I think they just jumped at the chance of getting Freddie Kitchens since he had I had that success with Baker Mayfield just last year, but he had no experience as far as a head coach. So I, I think they, they really messed it up with that. But um, with more continuity in practice, I think that they can do better next year. Mm. I don't have much much hope. I think there is some type of curse on the Cleveland Browns. Um, they'll be best served to trade Odell Beckham away because he's he's rusting away. He's rusting away on this team. He he won't be able to hit his career marks. He won't be able to make the Hall of Fame if he stays on this team. It is really hurting Odell Beckham to stay on this team. I personally think uh, it even shows in his stats because he's not getting touchdowns. He's not getting reception yards. So he doesn't he doesn't hit certain bonuses. He doesn't get certain uh, publicity when it comes to the off the court money also. So it's completely hurting him to stay there. But you're only looking at him specifically. I think that Odell, of course, he's not really happy with where the team has gone this season. But he's not acting out like he usually does. He's being uh-huh. a very good citizen. So I don't see why you trade him. There's no reason. He, like, he's not acting out. He's not being a cancer to the locker room. You keep him and go into next season. That Don't blow it up yet. No, I think he's smart. I think he just knowing he's not about to lose, lower his stock because he's going to see. He knows that he can gain more by keeping quiet right now when things aren't going right than to say anything. Because everybody's going to look at Odell Beckham, all the stuff he did before, kicking the net and all the wild stuff on the sidelines. They're going to look at him and be like, hey, he is quite mature. He's grown up. He cut his hair. He went to the Cleveland Browns where there's nothing there. And he got no touchdowns and didn't complain. I can I can use him on my team. But why would the Browns trade him? No, he has I not done anything. I think they if they are going to back – I think they need to either back one of the two. And right now they're backing Baker. Uh, only because I don't think they have a choice. But if you're not taking advantage of Odell Beckham, you're not, getting, you're not getting any type of production from him. And it's not a lack of him at all. It's just that your quarterback can't get the, uh, the ball to him. Then you need to get rid of him. Get some more serviceable options. Fill in other holes in the team. Yeah, just don't tie down to the name. Really, I think the Browns are a very talented team. I don't think there's too many holes that they have. And you guys, they're going to have a very good pick going into next year if they keep going in this downward spiral. So I, I, I don't see the reason to trade him. You're only going to do yourself so, a disservice. So you really do have some faith in the Browns for at least next year? Next year, yeah, because they have a lot of talent on their team. That's why people had them so highly going into the season. I just think they weren't exactly ready because they didn't have any experience. Okay, so Browns 2021. You down? What, 2020 what? 21. As far as like a Super Bowl? Hey, <laughs> hey, what you're hey, you, you, you behind it. It's, it's that's very that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're just going to be <laughs> what everybody else thought they were going to be, a playoff team. Not a Super Bowl team. <laughs> so are you uh, willing to back it? Because this is a long time. It's, I'm, I'm probably going to remember. But I'm gonna, I want you to put this on wax. Are you saying that they will win at least two playoff games 
Not this year, but the following year. Two? <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a lot. Team like I, I said, I, playoff team. That doesn't mean they win. So two one games. win is a good team. Yeah, I mean, if if you have a good record and you win at least one playoff game, I, I think that's that's a definite win for the Browns. That's a huge win for them. Wow! Woo! One one game. That that where's that gotten the Cowboys? Well, I mean, they are looked at as a higher franchise. The Browns have been miserable for years. So were the expectations higher on the Browns this year than the Cowboys or the Cowboys? The expectations were bigger for the Cowboys going into the season than the Browns. I, I beg to differ. I would say uh, they, they, when it came to media, they hyped, they overly hyped the Browns. And the Dallas Cowboys, I think they came down to earth a little bit more about the Dallas Cowboys. You're only looking at that now, but everybody looked at the Cowboys as a Super Bowl caliber team. No, Nobody no, I'm not saying that they're the not Browns a Cow- were a Super Bowl caliber team. There were some fools out there saying that. There were some fools. There out was there. a few, but there was way more hype around the Cowboys. Mm, eh, we can. Eh, I think we would just end up be. Uh, no, come nit, on nit, now. I mean, nit, no, I mean, like we would end up just nitpicking about each team on this one on who had better, better, bigger hype. Uh, so I, I would, I, it's cool to to disagree on this one because I just think the Browns, uh, with Baker Mayfield leading the way, had the biggest hype out there, and you had Odell Beckham as his uh, lofty uh, sidekick. Boy, they were out here being the best show on the off season and coming up with three wins. Yes, everybody expected them to be pretty good and win their division. But it was nowhere near the hype for the Cowboys. This is the most hype the Cowboys have had going into the season for I don't know how long. It's been years. Because they knew they had a, a really very talented team. They do, but I think it's more a level out. Like, it is expected for them to win at least one uh, playoff game, but I, I think they would count it as a a good season if they did win one playoff game. Uh, but that's just because the Cowboys don't have very high expectations for doing a lot in the playoffs. Uh, just as the Patriots, would that be a success? Well, these are two different teams who've had uh, different amounts of success recently. But the Cowboys were looking into being a Super Bowl contender, just like everybody else was saying, going into the season. And the the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender, knowing we even knew that coming into the season. They just won the Super Bowl. I mean, they are every year. So uh, I'm, this is just on <laughs> recent history. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm saying. They're not a good team if they're one playoff. Uh, you said you had a lot of – this originated from you saying you had faith in the Browns. Uh, and they shouldn't blow the team up, but no, I don't think I don't think one playoff game is worth keeping Odell Beckham. He is not worth one one playoff game. A stable, still uh, instilled team that is competing for the next five five to seven years is a whole lot better. I think at best they keep Odell Beckham for two years. That's pretty good, but I mean, where where else do you feel those holes at? I, like. Well, it's not like they're winning, so this has to be plenty of holes. But what are those holes? 
they don't have yeah. many holes. They're just I, not. I, they're just I not coming agree. together. I do agree that it, uh, a big part of it is their coach, but I don't think it's just the coach. I think Baker Mayfield is not uh, doing what he needs to be doing. He is not finding Odell Beckham. He he. It's like it's like Odell Beckham's not on the team. That's why I'm thinking they should be better off getting just other players for other positions. Get somebody who just makes a difference on the defensive line. Get somebody anywhere. I, I understand you said they don't have many holds, but there has to be holds if you're three and six. It's just not coming together. I mean, just look at what the 49ers were before John Harbaugh came. Well, they had all that talent yeah. on the team, and they were trash. But when he came... They went to the Super Bowl. It's the coaching makes a difference. I, I agree. I agree. So uh, I asked, uh, is it time? Since we did mention the Raiders on this, is it time to put our trust back into John Gruden, the coach for the Raiders? Yeah, I, I would say yeah. You, we can, we can put a little trust in him. Um, let's see how the rest of the season unfolds. I, I, I wouldn't jump on that bandwagon yet, but I would say yeah, we can trust his plan going forward from here because really he should be doing this he had a 10-year contract for i think 100 million so yeah you should be doing this or even more i would say it's still waited out they are five and four also uh so as soon as they got on the positive side of this uh people are ready to crown uh, John Gruden because he worked for ESPN. Uh, that, that's a great benefit. Uh, the crowd and the public does love John Gruden. I don't dislike him myself at all. Um, I actually like him as his character because he's he pretty much is that character at all times now. Um, I think you should put trust in him that he will be entertaining and that he will have an at least entertainment, entertaining enough team to be in Vegas. Um, so I'll put trust in him. It depends on what type of trust. Now, trust to win playoff games, I'm not ready to give that up. I'm not ready to give him that type of trust. But I do trust that he will keep it entertaining. Yeah, he'll keep it entertaining. It was like I was saying, I'm hesitant to jump on that bandwagon. I wouldn't do it yet. But they are heading in the right direction. I would just say, let's see how this all unfolds going to the rest of the season. And I would say they can challenge the Chiefs for the division because they're only one game back. Crazy to even think about. So with uh, what we would say very good season compared to their division uh, so far when it comes to the Raiders, how much do you think Antonio Brown misses the Raiders since he has only one played game in the uh, NFL this year with the Patriots? I think he really just misses playing in the NFL as a whole. Um, If he did stay on the Raiders, he would have been in a pretty good situation. Just for him just looking back at it, they probably would have had an even better record with him because he's a great talent. We saw that just with one game with the Patriots. So he's really missing just playing in the NFL in general. Antonio Brown, he's really missing out. He, He should have been on this team. The, the Raiders, and they would have been, I, I would say, win maybe two or three more games with just the amount of tension that he would garner from everybody. 
I I agree. I think he tore up his golden ticket. He would have 30 million guaranteed right now. He would be on a team that possibly would be number one in the division right now with the Chiefs in it. And who are they going to attribute that success to? Antonio Brown, if he was on the team uh, to a, a certain degree. John Gruden, too, but really Antonio Brown. On top of that, they're moving to Los Angeles in just a year. You're missing out on being the biggest show in one of the biggest cities and being able to do what you wanted with it. You can be just as wild as he actually is. He messed up his golden ticket. It actually fit him. And now he can't go backwards. Yeah, I would have to agree. He definitely tore the golden ticket to... Willy Wonka's um, his happiness. Factor. I think it would be to his happiness because no team really is even city wise fits his personality. Even if he was doing all that wild stuff, I could have saw him even doing his own independent show in Vegas because they loved him off of whatever amount of small success he had there. Yeah, I mean, I I had already thought that he was dumb in the moment, just sabotaging everything. He really should rethink things through going forward from here. Yeah, but not the poor one, but I think he extremely does miss the Raiders. Um, he would have been taking all the credit right now, but it shows that John Gruden should get a little bit more trust in his system. Yeah, definitely. Um, but let's uh, back off a little bit until they win some more crucial games. Completely agreed. Uh, so that does end it off on uh, the first part, and we go into the trivia part. So this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, this last part is three questions, like always. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with the questions. I try to answer and give you what I know about the questions or the answers. Who, who knows? Uh, but, um, hey, try to guess also. Go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. Which of the following quarterbacks has never been to a conference championship game? A, Phillip Rivers, B, Matt Ryan, or C, Kirk Cousins? Mm. Now, I, I think I know this. I'm pretty sure I know this. A conference game. That would be the last game before the play, before the Super Bowl, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. So just to kind of lay it out for uh, people, they make it a little bit easier on what level you would have to reach. Uh, that actually makes the answer a little bit easier if you know these quarterbacks. But go ahead and uh, repeat the question and answer form. Which of the following NFL quarterbacks has never been to a conference championship game? A, Phillip Rivers, B, Matt Ryan, or C, Kirk Cousins? Okay, and I'm going to go ahead and try to answer this one out. So I know it's not going to be Matt Ryan because he plays for the Atlanta Falcons quarterback and they went to the Super Bowl. So you clearly have to know he's reached the highest level of uh, the NFL, but did not win the Super Bowl. So I'm automatically counting him out. Now, uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm pretty sure was on the Vikings the year that they went to. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. Uh, I know that Phillip Rivers has not made it to a Super Bowl or made it to a, I'm pretty sure he has not made it to a conference. 
found. So hey, it is kind of fifty fifty on this one, but I'm gonna go Philip Rivers. That is wrong. It's actually Ooh. Kirk Cousins. Wow. And the year not. that the Vikings went to the NFC Championship game was actually with um, Case Keenum. That's why they went after Kirk Cousins. Philip Rivers went against Tom Brady in a AFC Championship game. <laughs> Without, wow. I mean, that was a while ago. I I did not know. I was I was I was willing to take uh, take the risk there. But you know, they had little Damon Thompson on the team and everything. Yeah, I, I should have thought back to that maybe, but uh, I don't know. I I don't I couldn't tell between that one. <laughs> Go ahead okay. with the second question. <laughs> Which of the following NFL teams? Features a helmet logo on only one side of their helmet. A. Dolphins. B. Steelers. Or C. Patriots. Mm. Wow, that's a unique question right there. Um, wow. I, I know of one that I know uh, I can count out, but I'm not going to say it yet. So go ahead and repeat the question and answer it again. Which of the following NFL teams features a helmet logo on only one side of their helmet? A, Dolphins, B, Steelers, or C, Patriots? All right, so I know the Patriots have it on both sides, so I'm counting them out. Um, I think the Dolphins have it on both sides, but I'm really not sure. I'm going to say it's the Steelers who only have it on one side. Steelers. That is correct. Wow. Okay. I, th- I thought so. <laughs> okay. I, I, I wasn't sure. But yeah, it's, I, it's a weird question. Yeah. No, I like it. It was really unique. It was. It made you think because if somebody remembers, they should at least seen uh, their helmets before, and it's something they should know. So, yeah, I like that question. Yeah. So, uh, third question. Which of the following quarterbacks – holds the best rookie passer rating in NFL history. A, RG3, B, Dak Prescott, or C, Andrew Luck? God, that is a hard question. Sheesh. Wow. I'm I'm really not sure. Uh, Go ahead and repeat the question and answer again. I have to think about it. Which of the following quarterbacks holds the best rookie passer rating in NFL history? A, RG3, B, Dak Prescott, or C, Andrew Luck? God, that is such a hard question because Andrew Luck has been known to have be very good as a quarterback, even though he just retired. Um, RG3, I know won at least rookie of the year, if not MVP or something. He had a great – I'm pretty sure he – did he win MVP of the league? No, no, he didn't no. go that far. He just no, had he one good year, which was his rookie year. Okay, he got rookie of the year. That was, that was the award. Uh, God. Um, I'm going to say it is Dak Prescott. That is actually correct. Yeah, I was uh, thinking that might have been him. RG3 did have it, but then Dak Prescott made a higher one his rookie season. 
Yeah, oh, two out of three. I went, wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, uh, I like those questions. So uh, make sure you press the subscribe. Tell your friends about us. We definitely love some suggestions on uh, different subjects. So you can comment on IG. You can uh, message us and or put it under our podcast. But this has been So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.